now. No doubt all of you would have watched, if not already heard, as to the developments in the President Jacob Zuma trial. It has many faces, and if there is one legal matter that for over two decades now, or very nearly two decades, has gripped the South African legal landscape, that is offering the kind of IP no legislature, certainly, or many practitioners for that matter, would have thought even possible it would go. Your wildest imagination probably would never have imagined that you would get to see live all the things we are seeing as we move ever so slowly towards the actual trial of the corruption charges preferred against former President Zuma. Of course, in many instances, we have learned as to the shortcomings of the Constitution or the many different ways there is in interpreting the Criminal Procedure Act. And earlier today, Peter Maritzburg in the High Court there, Judge Pete Kuhn, has now recused himself from further hearing this particular trial. The judge said he had done so because he had obviously expressed views about the merits of Zuma's then-pending private prosecution of leading, or rather against, advocate Billy Dunn and Karen Morn, the journalist there. How do we make sense of this? Mr. Benedict Peary is our legal analyst this evening, just to give us an account of what the ordinary South African who is interested in justice, who is interested particularly in the law being available equally to all of us, and yet seeing all of these legal, I would even say at times, gamesmanship and appropriate legal measures and responses to the merits and the non-merit-based issues nonetheless of this matter. Benedict, good evening. Welcome to SAFM. Good evening, Songhafan. Thank you. And good evening to the listeners. What does one make of the latest and most recent development, that of Judge Pete Kuhn's recusal? I don't understand, unless I'm wrong, that he was required especially to recuse himself, but rather he felt in the interest of justice he should do so. Could you correct that first up, but overall just give us a sense as to how we get to where we are? Yeah, typically um, a judge would recuse himself on the application of one or, uh, of the parties to the litigation if they feel that uh, the matter has reached the stage where there's a reasonable apprehension of bias on the part of that judge or there is actual bias. Uh, however, judges should always be vigilant to instances where um, you know, the, the way the matter is going may lead to a potential inference further down the line. Uh, that there may be reasonable apprehension of bias on one of the parties. And I think what Judge Pete Kuhn did today uh, was, you know, with foresight and understanding the way the matter has been vigorously litigated for the past two decades, as you've mentioned, um, and the fact that, you know, every single minor point will be taken in this matter. I think he had, um, you know, some judicial leadership and foresight to anticipate that his continued rulings against Mr. Zuma uh, much largely on the same factual matrix, essentially, uh, would potentially end up, you know, at the end of this matter with Mr. Zuma making an application saying he was biased or bringing an application to say his fair trial rights were not adequately protected uh, through a reasonable apprehension of bias. So I think what Judge Pete Kuhn has done uh, is really was vigilant with respect to the continued um, uh, proceeding of this matter, which I think to date he has done absolutely well. And I think this was a good step on his part to ensure that the matter proceeds 
uh, completely above board from that perspective. To the extent that we understand that the judge said he had done so because he had previously expressed views about the merits of the matter, do you know what would have been said by the judge in relation to that private prosecution specifically and how, to the extent that you know what he said, that can be interpreted to meaning that he will betray his judicial position as an impartial, unbiased person in the actual matter for which he is providing? Yeah, I mean, he has made a specific ruling. Uh, if we recall in the last application that uh, the, the Mr. Zuma made, um, P- uh, Judge Kuhn actually had been quite explicit to say that as far as he was concerned and the manner in which uh, the affidavits were filed in that matter, there was no disclosure of Mr. Zuma's uh, confidential medical records. He also said that uh, even if he thought there was a disclosure, nothing about that documentation uh, was confidential. Uh, he also felt that um, <clears throat> Advocate Billy Downer and Karen Moon had not con- uh, had not um, been guilty or would not, could not be said to be reasonably guilty of having committed any crime under the National Prosecuting Authority Act. Uh, and he also felt that you know, the manner in which prosecutors engage with the media is giving effect to the principle of uh, a free media and freedom of speech so that they can always be uh, understanding of what's happening in the court processes and what Billy Downer had done was effectively to give effect to that process as a whole. So naturally, you know, what will happen next if you listen to Judge Kuhn's judgment today is you are likely to see, and I think, uh, pre, uh, Mr. Zuma's counsel today actually said they will be bringing an application to have uh, Advocate Billy Downer removed from the case now, now that this judgment has been given. And I think it's right that Pete Kuhn anticipated that if he sat on that application, those very things that he has made a finding on are what will be implicated in respect of that next application. Because by necessary implication, He's going to have to, or whichever the judge will be that sits in it, will have to assess whether there's any prospects of success relating to whether Billy Downer actually contravened the law, what is the scope of that prohibition under the National Prosecuting Act, and factually, is that what actually happened uh, in deciding whether we can actually say that Billy Downer is so conflicted as a result of the private prosecution that he shouldn't be on the matter. So I think he came to the right decision when he took all of those um, factors into account to say, well, if you are being reasonable uh, in Mr. Zuma's position, you would assume that me as a judge, because I've made all of these pronouncements all along, I wouldn't be able to be persuaded and be able to come to a fresh uh, point of view. And what you need when that determination is ultimately made, is for the judge to be able to bring a fresh mind to the facts. I, I kind of I get it. I, I do. I do. Okay. Um, without belaboring the point, in the instance of Billy Downer, he in any event is biased by the mere fact that he represents the prosecutor's case. He is a prosecutor. He represents the state in this matter. So his interest in uh, the criminal matter before the high court anyway is ultimately to see the prosecution of former president jacob zuma where would that create or establish a conflict um or a bias that is not inherent in his position as the prosecutor in the matter 
Insofar as it relates to what President Zuma has filed in the private prosecution against him. I think you've stated the position correctly in the sense that any accused person uh, who is prosecuted, the state obviously has a bias towards an outcome, uh, not only that justice is done, but justice is done that ends up in an outcome that you are ultimately punished for the crime that the state has accused you of undertaking. So I think that is a correct statement. I think the difference here and what changed the situation is that the private prosecution by Mr. Zuma came in after Pete Kuhn had made all of these assessments and findings. So that changed the game because now it is a question of, um, you know, uh, advocate Billy Downer uh, being, having a real conflict of interest. You know, on the one side he's accused and on the other side he's persecutor. And the question is, how material is that conflict of interest and the second question will be uh you know will it prevent um mr zuma from getting a fair trial and i think pete kuhn clearly articulated that that is the present problem here and if you're coming to understand the question of uh is there a conflict of interest it necessarily brings in the merits of whether that private prosecution uh is actually well placed and is good in law and the facts that underpinned, which is obviously uh, opined upon already. So he wouldn't be the right judge to opine upon that. But I think the situation was changed by Mr. Zuma launching that private prosecution. It then became a different situation to a prosecutor just prosecuting anybody. There would be an inherent bias in that uh, respect. But I think given the fact that Mr. Downer's interests are directly in, uh, <clears throat> in opposition to Mr. Zuma's interests in the private prosecution does make the question of the conflict of interest a little more real than what it has been up to date. What are your thoughts at home as you engage this discussion that is led by Mr. Benedict Piri, who is our legal analyst this evening, engaging us on the decision of Judge Pete Kuhn in the Peter Maritzburg High Court KZN, recusing himself from further presiding in the matter of President Jacob Zuma in the arms deal corruption trial, charges that have been preferred against him for the best part of 20 years, and every legal trick in the book we would think we would have seen, and the game continues to roll over. Give us a call, please. 086-000-2032-0614-104-107. That's a WhatsApp facility, either for the voice note or text. Please send us through your contribution. We don't have too much time left with Benedict. Benedict, um, I don't want to belabor the point. I think it certainly is well-grounded upon which decision Judge Kuhn has decided to recuse himself, I think, in the interest of justice ultimately, and not just justice being done, but the perception of it taking place. His recusal probably is more sound than it is not. I would have preferred to actually listen to him as he read down the decision or or offered his decisions to recuse himself so that I could perhaps be a little more specific in my thoughts. But there certainly isn't harm in relation to that. A new judge will come through. Now, insofar as it relates to Mr. Downer, if I can just extend that point. Mr. Downer and Mr. Zuma do not have an issue that is before the judiciary at all. That private prosecution is almost implicit in the statement. It's private. If anything, it has been dismissed in the judicial process as to the merits thereof on the part of Mr. Zuma insisting that he be tried, Billy Downer, that is. Now that that is out of the way, the private prosecution, I don't think, should even establish or create some form of 
conflict or not in the interest of justice to pers- to, to to proceed with Advocate Billy Downer because assuming that happens, there's nothing stopping any litigant, forget the present litigants here, there's nothing stopping any litigant ever from finding whatever reason to try or to prosecute whoever would be prosecuting one if it doesn't meet whatever muster in the judiciary, either in the criminal civil um, courts, to institute the private prosecution and then so rely on this matter, if it indeed is established as such that there is a conflict, to establish a conflict that otherwise does not exist. The reason why the civil and criminal court system is the way that it is, it is to ensure that through its rigors, the prosecutor doesn't have an interest which is more than that of society in the matter. Billy Downer is probably arguing very much that, and the opposite is true for President Zuma. But just because there is that filing in the private prosecution route, at least ostensibly, it doesn't per se establish that conflict. That is where I am inclined to think. Where can you fault my argument in relation to that? You know, I think it's a very good argument. And I think, you know, Judge Kuhn sort of raised that. Um, He he almost said, I'm ruminating right now and I I don't want to create the impression that I'm prejudging what the court will have to decide this question will say. But he said, um, I'm pretty sure that when we look at the manner that private prosecutions are meant to operate under the Criminal Procedure Act, uh, we don't want a situation where a person can bring a flimsy uh, and vexatious private prosecution uh, simply to create a conflict of interest. And he detailed uh, the power of the courts to stop vexatious processes um, as, a, as an inherent power that they have. But I think what also is happening, which is equally important, which will give color to this uh, and eventual private prosecutions later, is that you know there are three review applications effectively against uh, Mr. Zuma's private prosecution. Billy Downer himself has brought a review application um, based on the fact that he, he says that the, the, the private prosecution is an abusive process. Uh, Corin Morn has brought a, a review application on similar grounds and with the additional ground that the knowledge prosecution certificate, which was used to, uh, to uh, give effect to the entire private prosecution, was not properly given. And we obviously know that uh, the president has brought his own review application uh, on similar grounds to those of private Mourn, but slightly extended to say that um, another basis for review would be that it's, it's, it's an improper motive uh, that this case is brought on. So I think you will see that as those matters make their way through the courts, that you will find a strengthening of the principles around what would it mean for a private prosecutor to be able to validly issue uh, and commence a private prosecution against another private individual. So I think by the time these three uh, cases come through the courts, we will have a stronger legal test for how to get out of the gates uh, when you want to initiate a private prosecution. I think Mr. Zuma has exploited the fact that the law around this has not been well developed, but certainly he's also given us, or the courts, the ability to develop the law through these three applications that are pending before them. One thing to develop the law, certainly, and that is important. In fact, that's the function of the law and its institutions. If not legislatively developed, then certainly through the institutions of law, including a litigious matter of the kind we are now talking about.
That all said, all of that must be buttressed against what is in the interests of justice when we talk about notions of access to justice and justice delayed is indeed justice denied. How ought the public to view this matter? The ordinary South African with ordinary means who just wants the things that should be happening happening at the time such things should be happening. How would one interface litigation? I mean, we're talking about close to 20 years. There are so many judges, prosecutors, even civil um, attorneys and advocates by extension who have been involved in one way or the other in a matter that has involved the former president. Forget his personality and status and his political appeal. Does any of this sell the appealability, in other words, attractive perhaps, does this make the law more attractive or less attractive? The rule of law, is it further made sacrosanct or is it made a tardy affair that is dependent and loose because of whoever might be before it or not? Yeah, you know, when I when I look at the matter, you know, and, and if you hear what Judge Pete Kuhn has said, he said, well, and, and we can take it at various levels, but if we start with what Judge Pete Kuhn said today, he said it's important that law or justice is done, first and foremost, and secondly, it is seen to be done. And uh, the judges and the legal process are seen uh, to really be impartial um, and no fear, favor, or prejudice, which underpin uh, the rules around recusal and how they interplay into upholding the rule of law. So I think that was a good step. Uh, I think as an ordinary South African, you could reasonably see how Mr. Zuma could be aggrieved uh, if Judge Pitkun had to adjudicate his application that we're anticipating um, on the basis that he might be biased. And I think any further attacks against the judiciary, uh, the way we've seen them from people like Mr. Zuma and others are you, you, not good for uh, how we see the rule of law. So I think what Judge Pitkun did is to reassure South Africans that even judges uh, have the rule of, more, rule of law uppermost in their minds. But another piece that I think you know, people miss around all of these aspects is a lot of them traverse administrative uh, processes. And I think as South Africans, you know, the institutions that we interact with of government, um, you know, those administrative processes for a long time have not been up to scratch. So if you think of just the simple process of the issuing of a summons by the Registrar of the High Court, they got it spectacularly wrong in this particular instance, and they get it spectacularly wrong sometimes in instances where we represent our clients. Uh, I think it is fortunate that we have litigants of this high-profile nature that you know, put those administrative processes to the test and ensure that going forward, the governance and administration of the country can improve at all levels of government and government institutions. And I think that has come through through this matter as well and the private prosecution um, and also questions around the NPA and how they you know, put these charges to Mr. Zuma and withdrew them and put them again. You know, those are all traversing administrative aspects and the laws and the rules that have come out of that have done nothing but to strengthen uh, the administrative processes in the country. So I think as a South African, uh, I'm particularly proud uh, to say that, you know, through these two decades of Zuma being in the courts, uh, I think certainly South African administrative law, constitutional law, and now we know criminal law is being strengthened uh, for the better.
that certainly is true i do have one voice note before i play it and the production team will have it ready just now here are two messages that have come through in the whatsapp text facility lucky in pretoria east Songazo, besides Judge Kun's correct understanding of the legal principle, my view is that his decision will stand him in good stead should he decide to apply for a position in the Constitutional Court. He could be preempting an interview with the JSC for such a position. Well, like, yeah, he'd be lucky at this rate because he has, I think, he's fallen short twice for a position at the SCA, and we all know why that is. Nonetheless, there's another message that has come through. It reads, there is no harm in a judge or a chairperson of a committee recusing himself or herself. The other person who must recuse himself is the chairperson of the Section 194 committee. Talking about something we're not talking about, and I don't know exactly where that is going. I'm not going to quite yet bite that carrot. We do have a voice note, though. Let's play it for your final comment in reply, Mr. Benedict Piri, our legal analyst this evening. Hi, my brother. I think... On the interest of justice, this case has been going on for far too long now. So, Judge Kuhn did well. I think Billy Donner as well must just step us well and just recuse himself so that this case can continue. And Mr. Zuma should be prosecuted because he has to be prosecuted. He committed those crimes. He's just trying to avoid them by pointing fingers to there and there and there and there. So, they must just recuse themselves. I think those justice, they 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 just do justice to South Africans. So yeah, let him recuse himself and let justice let uh, uh, advocate Billy Down also recuse himself so that the, this this case can go on and get done with it. Thank you, Ben from Rustenburg in Northwest. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Thanks, Lucky. Thanks to also to one of our listeners who contributed, who was anonymous in that contribution. Final comment, Benedict. You know, I hear the point, and it's been a point that the Jacob Zuma Foundation has made for a long time, that the simple thing to do would be for Advocate Billy Downer to just recuse himself and someone else take over the the handling of the trial. Uh, I don't think it's that easy, and I think we are fortunate to be watching legal proceedings uh, on national television practically every week, and you can see the different style of counsel. Uh, You know, some counsel have a different approach to the court, have different points of emphasis. Um, And also, I guess, Billy Downer, there's a whole uh, history of the matter. He knows it intimately. Uh, So I think we should leave the the state or the NPA to decide who would be the best place counsel for them in this particular matter to ensure that justice is done. I don't think it's that easy to say Billy Downer should recuse himself. The NPA may have a lot of reasons for not giving the matter to any other counsel to prosecute. Uh, And I think we should give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, And unfortunately, it will take longer, but uh, we should set out the processes. I think we'll be better for it as a country when they eventually uh, terminate. And so the wheels of justice, however slow they turn, nonetheless, they do turn. And it's probably appropriate to quote the dictum, which is probably the most quoted line ever in law, taken from Lord Chief Justice Hewitt, of the United Ke- the United Kingdom in, res- in Rex versus Sussex, justice must not only be done, but must also be seen to be done. You will be the judge as to whether or not this matter advances or does not the law. Thank you so much, Piri. Have yourself a wonderful evening. 2037, the show does certainly continue after the break. The mayor of Nelson Mandela Bay a city that has come under pressure in recent times given its political volatility. Things seem, ah, 
seem to be settled, or at least settling. The mayor will tell us all about that after the break. If you think you can 